It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. He's got it! Lazard! Gonna go! Touchdown! Rodgers snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon! Allen has time. Intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it, breaking away, Garrett Wilson, Wilson a big play downfield, Allen tripped up, he could not get past Jermaine Johnson, oh look at the speed of Brees Hall, he's done it again, Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown, and he's sacked again by Quinton Williams, what a beast, number 95 for the Jets, listen, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeJet1. And it is time for day number four, recapping what happened at Florham Park Jets training camp with our friend who covers the Jets for NJ.com, Mr. Andy Vasquez. Andy, before we get into anything else, I just want to say a happy 40th birthday, my friend. And I hope you had a really great couple of days. I know that you had a lot of activities planned. I'm sure it was a lot of fun, but very hectic. So happy birthday and congratulations on hitting that milestone. Hey, thanks. I, I, I call it my fifth, 35th birthday, but <laughs> that was cool. I had some family who wanted to come into town. I was like, I, I really don't care about birthdays. It's not a big deal, but I'm glad I got to spend time with some family and friends. And uh, it was cool. And I wish the Jets had started a week early for the first time since I've been covering the team this, this year, but uh, now that it's behind us, uh, glad I'm glad it's over got to, and got to juggle both this week. So looking forward to uh, normalcy next week and, and the second week of training camp for sure. Andy, Aaron Rodgers is here. They're going to do hard knocks. There's going to be no normalcy for you. I hope you understand this. Yeah, I mean, and I'm unlike the Jets. I, I uh, didn't think hard knocks would be that big of a deal because... <laughs> There is going to be no normalcy this year, and and it has been interesting watching the the Hard Knocks crew and, and how they operated during practice. Basically, the only time we're seeing them as reporters, but it's, it's been interesting and cool and a different dynamic. And obviously, yeah, I, I guess Aaron Rodgers plays for the Jets now, so this whole camp has been a lot different, and and uh, it's been cool to watch. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how it goes, but definitely for the first week of camp. Exactly what you expect. A lot, di- a lot different. A lot of excitement, and uh, I think the the fans who came out the last two days got what they wanted to see. Some some great moments for for Rogers, especially on Saturday, uh, and on Sunday, a few great moments for the defense, and some great moments for Rogers and even Zach Wilson. So um, it was a, definitely an interesting uh, start to training camp. Let's start with Aaron Rodgers. Started off a little bit shaky, but then in the red zone, he was dealing late in practice. What people have talked about with Rodgers is that he's trying some deep stuff. He's trying out some things that he's going to experiment with. He may not necessarily use it in the regular season. This is one of those deals where a veteran quarterback will try different things with his new teammates to see what works and what doesn't. Process of elimination, trial and error, all of that. So talk about what you saw from Rodgers today. Sounds to me like no Jets fan should be concerned about some of the miscues early because that's exactly what we were talking about. He's trying to figure out what he can do and what he can't do, what's going to work and what's not going to work. What do you observe? Yeah, I think if you're watching today, the miscues early, and I wasn't there on Saturday, so if anybody wants to reason why the offense wasn't humming as much today as it was on Saturday, that's that's a good one for you. But um, <laughs> I still haven't seen it really, but 
that there's just these these things that are going to be happening, especially early and probably on to early in the season where he's getting on the same page page with guys. Uh, you know, Jason Brownlee had some nice catches, a really nice one from Zach Wilson late in practice. But early in practice, there was a hot read and Rodgers was looking for him and he wasn't aware that he should be looking. So that was one of the incompletions. I think Rodgers started, you know, four of nine or four of eight or something like that before finishing strong. Uh, I think he was five of, or I'm sorry, eight. Uh, I can't remember the exact stats right now, but I think it was eight of 13 or something like that, or eight of 15. That's what it was, eight of 15. I will, I will, my memory will come around at some point here. But um, a lot of those early incompletions, one was trying something on a deep ball to Alan Lazard. Uh, one was, you know, a, a really nice defensive play by DJ Reed. But he saw at the end of practice, when he got to the red zone, it was precise. He had a kind of scramble drill type play where, he ran around and then found Garrett Wilson in the back of it, the end zone. One of a few plays in which he connected with Wilson today. Another one early in practice was it was a deep ball where he found Wilson in a seam in the in the in the defense uh, for a big gain, much to the delight of the crowd. So he, he's building chemistry with him, and then a really nice play, the very nice play, um, Rogers' second to last pass of the practice. He found Tyler Conklin, who kind of carved himself space a foot into the end zone, and, and he boxed out the defender to score the touchdown. Yeah, so I think you saw what the offense is capable of at the end of practice. Um, as I said, we haven't seen it before uh, in, in previous years with, with the way they played in the red zone, both in the regular season and in the postseason. I mean, I'm sorry, not the postseason, the regular season and in training camp, we saw the struggles in, in the red zone. And, and I think you can you know, attribute some of these early practice you know, mistakes to the fact that you guys, you got guys learning this offense and they're thinking and not playing. And I'm sure it's a lot to digest when Aaron Rodgers is, is throwing hand signals at you and changing everything on the fly while you're learning a new offense. So I think the the fumbles and the, the pre-snap penalties, you know, we've already seen a reduction in them from practice one and two to practice four. Um, there was no miscues at the end of practice like that for the most part. So I think, you know, that, that'll be a work in progress, but I don't think fans should, should worry about what they're seeing from Aaron Rodgers right now. It has been exactly as advertised through the first four practices. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Sounds like last year's starter Zach Wilson is starting to heat up a little bit. Nothing super fancy, but the easy things are improving. And today he had one really excellent throwdown field that was making the rounds on social media. What have you seen so far from Zach Wilson? And how much do you think having Nathaniel Hackett here to simplify things and Aaron Rodgers in his corner has made an impact so far based on what you've seen at camp? Yeah, I mean, other than Garrett Wilson's catch in the back of the end zone, the, the throw to Brownlee and the catch there, that was that was spectacular, the best thing I've seen so far. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he looks more comfortable. There's still some mistakes. There's still some miscues. Um, but I, I think, you know, there's there's it's, it's hard to judge because, like, there's so much juice when Rodgers is dropping back to pass, so much excitement. And then when Wilson comes in, it's, you know, it feels almost boring in comparison, but boring is good with Zach Wilson right now. He, he seems to be, you know, learning from his mistakes, not making the same mistakes. He seems to be seeing the whole field. And and there, there are some days where it isn't pretty. Uh, it doesn't look great, but there is also some moments where you see the talent there. And, um, you know, I think he's doing what he needs to do at this stage of camp in terms of showing the Jets that he can, the backup if something does happen to Rodgers. 
Andy, the first few days of camp, we've heard the names Kenny Yaboa, Jason Brownlee, and Tyler Conklin a lot. Seems like these guys are really making a case for themselves. Conklin, of course, trying to make a case to be tight end one, and the other two guys are trying to make a case for sticking on the roster. Yeah, it's interesting because obviously the Jets can pay, and, and we'll get into this a little later, but the Jets can pay Corey Davis. I'm sorry, they're paying Corey Davis $10.5 million this this year, and it'd be a lot cheaper to keep, you know, Jason Brownlee is kind of that that extra big receiver, your number five receiver. So it's really interesting to see if he continues to impress. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Jets do. But yeah, Conklin, I mean, you're, you're seeing a lot of the stuff with Rodgers is, is on that, you know, the changes that are being made in the line of scrimmage, and, and he's capitalizing on those opportunities, and you're getting a, a sense of how involved the tight ends are going to be in this offense. And I think it's going to be like – nothing Jets fans have seen in recent years because obviously the tight end has been a position of consternation for Jets and, and their fans. It just hasn't been super involved. So I think seeing Conklin involved is exciting, but also seeing Corey Davis who brings, you know, the experience and, and you know, where a guy like Brownlee maybe does miss a, a, a signal or, or miss something early in practice. Uh, Corey Davis isn't going to be missing that stuff because he's on top of it. And, and, there is a benefit to having that guy on your roster, even if it's at a cost that, that is a lot more. So it, that's going to be interesting to see how that all works out. But it's, it has been like cool to see Rodgers definitely like creating some face and building chemistry with some guys, but also spreading the ball around. And he's been able to get all of these guys multiple touches, Conklin, Brownlee, uh, Corey Davis. Uh, obviously, he He's keying in on Garrett Wilson a whole lot, and for good reason because he's the best, probably the, the the most explosive weapon on the roster. But you're still seeing him get the ball to other guys like like Nicole Hardman and, and giving them chances, and the running backs are involved in the passing game too. So uh, it's been really cool to see Aaron Rodgers kind of go to work and, and create opportunities for all of these guys. It's not just benefiting um, – you know, Rogers to get this work. It's been, he's giving all of these guys a chance to show what they can do. And I think that's an important, uh, maybe overlooked thing about what Aaron Rodgers is bringing to this training camp. Andy, one of the big stories so far in training camp has been Jermaine Johnson. He's got a new number, Denzel Mims traded. So now Jermaine Johnson goes back to number 11, the number that he wore at Florida State. He's bulked up. He's added some muscle, some power. And he has been really impressive in camp so far. One of the stars of practice today. Yeah, he was constantly in the backfield, and yeah, it, it looks a little strange to see that number 11 on him the last few days, but it, it is working for him. And, you know, Quinn and Williams, the, the fact that Quinn and Williams is introductory, not as introductory, but the press conference, the first one after signing his big deal, the fact that he went out of his way to, to shout out Jermaine Johnson, who obviously had limited opportunity opportunities as a rookie, just tells you that the work he put in this offseason – has uh, you know gotten the attention of his teammates, and if he's playing the way he did today, when I'm sure if he had a sack, but there were definitely several plays where it could have been one, and he was back there. It's hard to tell because you know nobody's going to get near Aaron Rodgers, and and because they're so careful about the quarterbacks, they're, they're not getting near the other ones either. So it's kind of hard to tell when they're getting back there. But but we've seen him back there. As, as much as, as anybody else, and, and that's a great sign for the Jets because it could be a massive game changer for this defense if he is is giving them that from the second wave 
of the Jets' pass rushers, he's giving them that kind of production. Uh, they're going to be a handful for any offensive line to deal with if Jermaine Johnson keeps doing what he's doing right now once the Jets get in pads next week. Andy, any other observations you had from camp today that we didn't touch on yet that you think are worth mentioning? No, I think it, it, we pretty much covered all of it. It's, it's you know, there's intensity like we haven't seen at this stage in camp uh, in, in years past. And I think that's because of Rodgers. And I think, you know, you're seeing scuffles already. Usually that's something you don't see till you know, week two when guys are getting tired of each other because it's a hyper-competitive environment out there and there weren't as many scuffles on Sunday as there was on Saturday just just really one with Solomon Thomas kind of in the middle of it uh, but I think that's a product of, of Rogers kind of upping the, the level and sense of urgency for everybody here and the, the massive expectations that the Jets are playing with so I think uh, you really couldn't have gotten out of the first week of practice with with anything better than what you had uh, no setbacks, major ones in terms of injuries, uh, and and a highly competitive uh, atmosphere, and and seeing that the areas the Jets were struggling in early in those early practices start to improve as the week went on. So so all of that, you know, you can't really ask for much more as a Jets fan at this early stage in training camp. Andy, after practice, we heard from Coach Robert Sala, John Franklin Myers, Corey Davis, and Adrian Amos. Take us inside the press room. What did these guys have to say? Actually, one of the guys, I, or one of the things I, we saw today at practice that I should have mentioned is everyone who was there saw that Garrett Wilson and Aaron Rodgers are starting to build something really that that's that could be special. And, and their chemistry, it, it's just cool to watch it kind of blossom over OTAs and now taking the next step in training camp with with Rodgers looking his way first a, a lot of the time or or seeming to to make sure that he's getting the ball to him and 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 Wilson finding ways to make plays. So it's been pretty cool to watch and and I asked Sala about how important it is for them to build this chemistry now and what it's like to watch it in real time and he he's, he said it's important and admitted, you know, they don't have a lot of time to get ready for week 1 and um you know, these guys only have these this limited amount of practices. There's probably less than 20 left now uh, to, to build this chemistry together. So, uh, you know, and, and Salah also said that that what Garrett Wilson is capable of is, is what we all know. It, it's it's he's capable of being something special. So I, I out of all the storylines for the Jets this offseason and, and, and into this training camp, I think this one is is a huge one to watch because you could be on the verge of, you know, seeing Garrett Wilson break out to being one of the, the very best weapons in the NFL. So uh, I would be excited about that as a Jets fan and, and Robert Sala clearly is as well. Um, another interesting thing Sala had to say was about Dwayne Brown. Obviously uh, he came back from his personal matter. The Jets put him on the pup list. Uh, Sala said that, you know, there's no, time frame specific time frame on his return but again you're talking about a guy who turns 38 here in a few weeks uh they're gonna play it cautious with him but they they, they don't have any concern about his availability for the season uh, and that he'll be activated from pup and, and practicing sooner rather than later obviously though there's only a limited amount of time to build uh you know cohesion on the offensive line and and that's something the jets haven't been able to do the last several camps so uh, sooner is certainly better than later for, for Dwayne Brown getting back on the field with him 
as the clear favorite to win that starting job at, at left tackle. Um, you know, also with, with Robert Sala, he talked about kind of the intensity and, and, you know, some of the fights and stuff and, and that, that, you know, he said this before, but, but nothing has changed. We're just seeing it a little earlier in camp. He just doesn't want guys throwing punches, but, but he wants stuff to, to be competitive and he expects it to be even more competitive next week when they put on the pads on Tuesday for the first time. Uh, Garrett, I'm the, Corey Davis was also one of the guys we talked to today. Um, he talked about how it was a long off season for him because with the Jets adding all these new pieces, um, especially in the receiver room with, with Hardman and, and Lazard, who specifically seems like a guy who could threaten his job. He didn't know if he was going to be back, but he was in constant communication with the Jets. He said Robert Sala told him not to be worried about it, that things work out for the best. And and now Corey Davis is here. I think there are some questions on whether or not he'll be paying playing for the $10.5 million the Jets owe him this season because none of it is guaranteed. And, and obviously the market for, for Davis at this stage could be limited. So the idea that the Jets could set a number that that's less than that and, and ask him to play. And, and like we talked about other options that, that may be less expensive on the roster. I think there is some, uh, a question mark still there, but, but Corey Davis is getting reps with the first team and, and looks like someone who will be an important part of this offense. And he says, he's not worried about, you know, being fifth on the depth chart or being First on the depth chart, wherever he's at on the depth chart, he's going to go out there and, and put forth the same effort and try to show, uh, you know, that he's he's an important player on this roster. He also said that it's a big adjustment learning a new offense and a big adjustment getting used to Aaron Rodgers. And, and the biggest difference where he sees Rodgers, uh, you know, expertise coming through is is at the line of scrimmage when he he sees things differently than other quarterbacks did, and, and how smart he is, and how he can change plays and and put them in the best position. And again, that goes back to what I was saying earlier about how Rodgers isn't just, you know, helping himself with his training camp prep, but he, but he's helping his receivers and, and getting guys, multiple guys in positions to, to make plays. And a lot of that work is done at the line of scrimmage. And Davis says, you know, it's, it's, it's a full-time job kind of learning the, the new offense because you got to learn all this stuff, at the line of scrimmage, and you also got to learn, a completely new playbook and, and that this offense is different than the offense that he ran with the Jets and in Tennessee. So it's been a, a lot of work for him. And then the the last guy we talked to was John Franklin Myers. And, and he said some interesting stuff about how the Jets, uh, what the Jets have in Quinn and Williams. And, and, and he has an interesting perspective because as a rookie, he played on a super talented defensive line with the Rams that included Aaron Donald. And, and he says that this group, and, and that line had some some really you know big names other than Donald, including Ndamukong Sue on it. But he said that this group has the chance to be by far the best defensive line he's ever played for, with you know the guys that they can rotate in there. And uh, he's really excited about that. And then when he was asked specifically about Aaron Donald and Quinn Williams, he says that he thinks it's only a, a matter of time before. Uh, he takes that mantle before Quinnen takes that mantle as the most dominant interior defender in the NFL. And um, I mean, uh, he didn't specifically say that, that Quinnen can be better than what Aaron Donald was. And I think, you know, he admitted that, that Aaron Donald was a hall of famer really after four or five years. And, and here Quinnen is in his fourth or going into his fifth year. He's, he's not that level yet, but I think what he was saying is, uh, 
you know that he, that he has the potential to, to surpass him and be a better player this year or next year than what Aaron Donald is now. And I think that that's not a, a crazy outlandish claim. And he said it's because of all the stuff Quinnen does uh, and how teams have to adjust to him on the run and in the passing game where, where it was just Donald would mostly dominate in the passing game and then come up and, and clean up and make these big plays in the run game. So th- th- that was interesting, and I wrote about that on NJ.com. You can see that there. Uh, but, yeah, th- that was interesting. And one other guy we talked to, Adrian Amos, he said when he signed with the Jets, he didn't know uh, that Chuck Clark had gotten hurt yet, but it did, doesn't really change anything for him. He's out here. He, he believes he's a starting caliber player. He's obviously been a starting caliber in Green Bay, starting caliber safety in Green Bay. And obviously Aaron Rodgers factored in on that too. And, and Rodgers called him before and after he signed. And, and he says Rodgers been the same, has been the same guy that, that he saw in Green Bay, which is a guy who's going to help all of his teammates get better and, and be a guy who's accessible to his teammates. So he's happy to be here and, and ready for this opportunity and excited to see um, you know what the Jets can do and he's also the first Jet ever to wear number zero and he said that wasn't like something that was in his plan for doing it it was more of a fresh start thing and his family wanted him to try something cool a different number but he, he is excited about having the chance to be that first Jet to wear number zero even though he's still getting used to it. he says if people ask him people say hey zero he, he, he just sits there and, and doesn't move because <laughs> um you know, he, he still hasn't realized he's wearing zero. So that, that was kind of a cool, interesting uh, little tidbit from Adrian Amos. Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NJ.com. Thanks so much for coming on and recapping day number four of Jets training camp practice at Florham Park with me. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out everything you've got going on over at NJ.com, what do you got cooking over there and how can people follow you on social media? Yeah, like I just said, Got that story on Aaron Donald. We'll have a full look at the first week of Jets training camp practice on Monday morning and everything you need to know about what went down on those four days. Uh, and then moving forward, we'll be focusing on some of the the kind of interesting player features. I'm not going to give any of that away just yet, but we'll be taking a deep dive on, on some players you'll be interested in learning more about. So definitely check me out at NJ.com. I'm on Twitter at Andy underscore Vasquez and uh, on Instagram at by Andy Vasquez. Make sure you follow Andy on social media and check out everything he's doing over at NJ.com. Check yeah. out everything we've got going on over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Some awesome All 22 breakdowns on our channel, so watch our videos and subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash playlikeajet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's tee We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, bless you, thank you shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there tpublic.com that's teepublic.com and be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on itunes if you haven't done that already easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com